0: Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Thanks for all the good wishes over the weekend. Yes, on Friday, I took some time off, went back to Disney World with family. It was amazing. Last week, Thursday, I spoke to our ability to reach other people and beings, including loved fur babies, with our thoughts. It's up to them to choose to respond when we're communicating with other people. Our pets will always get it. Uh, and I told you that going away for four days, three nights, and leaving our ten-month-old puppy alone was giving me some stress. I would report back to you on the little trick I tried. I took a little crystal with me, quartz crystal. Uh, our puppy is named Crystal, and uh, two times a day, my daughter, and my wife, and I held on to the crystal and we sent love to our dog and told her that all was supremely well and that she should be at peace as if we were beside beside her and i will tell you the truth when i shared that knowing of her separation anxiety um and then telling you i was going to report back on monday i literally thought this may not go so well Uh, And that I would have to level with you and tell you the truth if it didn't go well. Uh, I know the dog's crazy in love with us and can't do without us. And we're building her up to get used to the separation. But uh, I thought it was going to be really tricky. Well, it worked. She was fine. Apparently, she whimpered and cried the first night. uh, And that was it throughout the four days that we were gone. She was happy and playing with other dogs. So this stuff works. Even when you're negative, even when you doubt, don't worry that you think you're making it up. Don't worry that it seems like hocus pocus. Don't worry that reality seems so much bigger than your uh, whimsical little thoughts. Your thoughts are reality. Your thoughts create everything. And just as you can send your thoughts out, today's question, finally getting there, is how to know and hear what you're receiving from others. Okay, this is the the reverse. Because we're broadcasting either intentionally or unintentionally. And others are broadcasting intentionally, but 99% of the time unintentionally. And when we hoist our sails and we want to hear what is going on in the world, with that intention and of course let the intention be to catch the good stuff okay let the people who have issues talk to themselves yes the we're being we're receiving that too but we don't need to worry about that hoist yourselves up with the intention of hearing what you most need and want to hear ask the question what am i not hearing that i could be hearing what am i not seeing that i could be seeing and loved ones will be giving this to you You have an ability to filter and suss out that which you most need to hear and hear it Uh, who's out there oh my gosh this is one of the most exciting topics there is to talk about we are multi-dimensional beings we are more than human we come from realms that you right now as human can't even imagine And we come from those realms where there's love and family, camaraderie, joy, connectedness, cooperation. You're basically on a big vacation right now to the jungles of time and space, and they're all eagerly waiting uh, on the edges of their seats for your return or for reports in your nighttime dream state. How is it going? Where are you at? What are you afraid of? What do you believe in? What are you manifesting? and you can pick this up now, you are so showered in love, not just from other realms and by other beings that you can't even comprehend, but by people in this lifetime and people in your last lifetime and people 9,000 lifetimes ago and people that you're close with, family and friends from lifetimes in the future. They're all checking in on you. You're like a superstar. You're huge in the unseen. You are loved and adored. And they're whispering sometimes, sweet nothings in your ear. Hang in there, I love you. We'll be together again. We're already together. It's just that you're forgetting right now because you're kind of in a primitive uh, zone. Um, And we have guides in the form of angels. Literally, as I've shared before, my dear, 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 dear friend Lorna Byrne uh from ireland who sees angels with her eyes the way you likely see people in your life Um, she has shared with me that the angels revere us that we have gone where they fear to go they are our link to the other side other spiritually mindful books say exactly the same thing you would never come to the jungles of time and space if you didn't have your peeps your team your posse flanking you left and right everywhere you go. They're doing the little rabbit ears behind your head right now. They love you so much. They are part of your adventure. And you could pretend they don't exist or you can just ignore that they or you can disbelieve in them. They're part of your adventure. You would not have come here without that ability to be plugged back in to your masterful self, your intricate essence that's everywhere always at once without these team members so now that you know that you can know that they too are riding shotgun they too are whispering guidance in your ears sweet nothing in your ears just ask questions and feel the answers and then somebody asked this question over the weekend you know how do i know if it's uh if it's the right thing for me how do i know if it's not just me making it up let me tell you you may have seen a few weeks ago i posted uh a interview i did with neil donald walsh the legend conversations with god and i asked him a question that i actually remembered later he addressed in that incredible series of books conversations with god i was like uh, you know how do you know that sometimes when you're having a conversation with god it's not just you kind of kidding yourself or that it's not just your imagination neil And then here you are thinking you're talking to God and you're just making it up in your head. And God's reply was, Neil, don't you think I'd use every possible means to reach you? Don't you think I would go anywhere to make that connection in love with you, to be there for you? Don't you think I'm smart enough to know how to use your imagination? Neil, If you're wondering if it's your imagination, of course it is. And that's who God is. God is everything, everywhere, always. Every mote of dust, every thought you think, there is pure God. And so, if what you're feeling resonates with you, it's right. If it makes logical sense and resonates with you, it's doubly right. If it feels right... This is what you needed to hear. Was it really you, or was it God, or was it an angel, or was it a friend from a planet that doesn't even have time and space? I guess it has space, but what does it matter? What does it matter? In the deepest, deepest, deepest sense, now just to blow that all out of the water, in the deepest, deepest sense, there's you, and there's more you. It's all you but you are so vast and magnificent and everywhere always at once that you show up as friends you show up as loved ones you show up in a number of other adventures still connected to you so that while that loved one from Brohashka is communicating to you and they know you from other experiences and they hold you in the palm of their hand with love and they shower that upon you it's still another part of you i mean this is like the craziest coolest love game imaginable where you can love yourself but really it shows up as other people Uh, we won't go there okay so I mean, you could not be more loved, and yes you're being reached out to intentionally or unintentionally invariably there's love behind it and let the people who have issues who are unhappy with your choices you know solve their own problems okay they're going through something right now and you can just love them back but don't let them drown out the infinite number of voices and hearts that are beating for you every moment of the day. Ask your questions, know that you're heard, feel the answers, be guided on wings, love your rocking life. Heaven on earth, paradise awaits for our recognition. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here, time for a spiritual tune-up where I answer your questions. Today, the question is how to handle regret. Like so many things in time and space, the, the perception of all or nothing, it was or it wasn't, uh, can make things like regret, absolutely intolerable, uh, cut so deeply. Conversely, it can make blissful things even more blissful, but we need to see through the illusions. And to do that, I've got a couple of thoughts for you pertaining to regret. First off, please. We're all here to learn. We didn't come here to be perfect. We're gonna have unintentional manifestations. We're gonna say things we we regret. We're gonna do things we regret. But in the context of everything, we can chalk these up as milestones, as training wheels, as preparation for even better times. So don't put yourself under this microscope looking for perfection, and when you don't find it, be surprised or disappointed. Learn, do your best, move on. Also, and this is critical, easy to misunderstand, but it has total relevance in this conversation. Realize that anybody you may have offended, anybody you may have hurt, also came here to learn. And we learn best when we learn from one another. And in different times in our life and in and out of different incarnations, we take turns being the good guy or the bad guy or playing different roles, which does not in any sense, excuse violations. If you've been violated, there is no excuse for it. And if you have violated someone else, there's no excuse for it. Make amends, reparations, apologize, be forthcoming, be transparent, head them off at the pass. Realize what you've done. Say the Holopono from Hawaii. You you have to Google it if you don't know what it is. Uh, Thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. For all things, the philosophy suggests we address it with thank you. I'm sorry. I love you three sentiments, we could probably all stand saying a lot more. So we're all here to learn. We're all learning from one another. That doesn't mean it's okay if you got hurt or you hurt somebody, but you can do something about it. You can apologize. You can make reparations. You can head them off at the past by not waiting for them to say, hey, that was nasty. You can say, hey, I owe you. I'm sorry about that. And then most importantly, to ease the sting of things like regret, or guilt, and the long laundry list of tortures we put ourselves through. You've got to understand that this world is not only a playground, but a laboratory. It is not reality in the way you think it is reality. Okay? There were no opportunities lost that's what I'm getting at. We use our physical senses to think, oh, if only I had said this. Oh, if only they had done that. Oh, if only I had missed the bus. Oh, if only, if only. And because those things didn't happen, now forevermore I'm dealing with this travesty. Ah, leave that kind of thinking to soap operas, all right? There are no lost opportunities. Everything that happens every single day, every single relationship, it's all practice for the good stuff that's yet to appear. Everything is practice for the good stuff. We're all on an upward spiral. Yes, some things are much more traumatic. Some things are much more devastating than others. The loss of a life, incarceration, but always that you've got life that you can connect some dots. Uh, that you can realize that this is not reality, this is our workbook, if you will, as was said by Richard Bach in Illusions, life is our workshop, our workbook. We can do whatever we want, we can rip out the pages, or we can perform acts of love and kindness. We're all going to that same place. It's not reality, no opportunities lost. Everything you have ever done that you regret is building you into a better person than you could have been otherwise. It is setting you up for a sunny day in this incarnation or in the most extreme circumstances, death, incarceration in the next lifetime. But even with incarceration, oh my gosh, there's still room for happiness, joy, rehabilitation, new thoughts, love, uh, volunteerism, service. Uh, And if you're incarcerated, well, you probably have to tell somebody incarcerated, what I'm talking about. I don't know that they get um, Facebook or Instagram, but there is always hope. Nothing's been lost. Everything is preparing us for for a higher realm, a better existence, a better place, as is so well said when somebody passes from this plane. It's all training wheels, even life, is a eternal dance for something better, okay? So don't torture yourself, okay? Learn, move forward, move on. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, time for another spiritual tune-up. By the way, the three fingers, that's our sign. That's thoughts become things. The end-all be-all of living In these sacred jungles of time and space on your terms, you have the magic wand. You can choose what you focus on and those thoughts will become the things and events of your life. These tune-ups are where I answer your questions and yesterday I talked about regret and from that conversation, another stellar question arose. Thank you so much for having the courage to post it. Mike, my question is about mourning children that I did not try to have. I am in my fifties now and I have never tried to have children naturally. I did not want to have children without being married. And as of the moment, I'm still single, never married. I would still like to be married. And I know that there are other ways to become a mom, such as adoption and surrogacy. How do I deal with the mourning? How do I maintain hope for a relationship, my own family? I hear you when you say that we are so loved, but it's been a lonely life for me. It's not done. It's not done. And that your question has shown up with the passion and the clarity I see from it. Uh, Oh my gosh, you have so much to look forward to in so many ways, and I'm not implying anything. So I've got a lot of uh, thoughts here for you. Again, thanks for the courage to post that. First, I couldn't help but notice some of the layers of complexity unnecessarily implied through your question, such as uh, you know societal rules, the desire to be married, <clears throat> and the desire to have kids with a partner. I'm for both of those, but marriage is a man-made. Contraption. It is not of God, by God, pure God, except that we ordain it. And I, I'm in favor of it. But you might loosen the reins there because there are other ways to, to move forward in love and in a union without necessarily having to be married. Not to sidetrack this great question, but the other thing is about having a partner. <clears throat> Again, super honorable, great idea. It's a ton of work. Um, But, you know, is that a must based on the infinite number of ways today that you could achieve being a guardian or having some form of a family in this modern time that might not necessitate that? Um, Just uh, an observation there. Um, First off, The mourning, the sadness, the regret, you're in your 50s, you don't have a family, you've always stayed true to your high ideals, and that has meant a lonely path. You did the best you could with what you knew. And let me tell you, it was the best. You did the best, not just your best, and there were other options. For where you were, you played your cards so wisely. You could not have done better. And while it's easy to play the game, what if? What if I had done this? What if I had done that? You wouldn't be the amazing human being with integrity that you are right now. It was all for your greater good in this workbook called life. This is not reality. And the greatest gift you have created for yourself through the choices you have made in this lifetime that has led to your 50s and where you are alone right now is the feeling that now stirs in your soul. That's a feeling that even parents and people in relationships may never know, but you fostered it through your wisdom and integrity again to bring you to this place of, of contrast and of understanding what it is you treasure or would like to experience next. This is so powerful. This is going to roll out the red carpet for your happily ever after. You will be so grateful for every yes and no decision of your life so far for the the, the dreamy life that now awaits you in this incarnation, plus forever and ever and ever. So what will you do with this gift? I'm going to give you a little side dish here. Totally not requested. Um, I was single, as some of you will know, uh, most of my entire adult life. I did not get married until I hit 50. 50. Uh, immediately, we tried to have kids, and that did not happen uh, until I hit 53. I can tell you, even though marriage is a human institution, um, It's been one of the coolest experiences of my life. I am so in love with being married. It's like, it's just the greatest. Now, I wouldn't probably be saying this if I had gotten married a year earlier, much less 10 or 20 years earlier. I'm so grateful for every decision that I ever made that seemingly played to my advantage or disadvantage because it made possible this ability to just relish and enjoy and love the union ordained by man humanity uh called marriage this institution as neil donald walsh calls it it is an institution but is filled with beauty as well and love as well and then being a father oh my gosh i had no idea even though everybody tells you how amazing it is i had no idea how amazing it would be i am so surprised by how, by how surprised i am every single day at how awesome it is to be a dad. Um, So uh, I'm giving you my two cents. It it, it is all that, but it wouldn't be all that if my life had played out in a different way, got married earlier because of pressure or should have or would have, or who knows where I'd be right now? Who knows where you'd be? I, I don't wanna create negative scenarios we do that for ourselves all the time. But you know, just let your imagination run wild and you'll be grateful for the balance, the stability, the perspective, the strength, the integrity that you now have. Oh my gosh, you played your cards so well. You needed to, you did the best you could. It was the best. So you're poised for greatness right now. So now that I've kind of told you how much I'm enamored of family, and, and I sense that, that you're coming there, Um, And let me just say, this does not mean marriage is for everyone. It is not. And this does not mean parenting is for everyone. It is not. And it's possible that neither is true for you. Only you know. Never get married because somebody said it's so cool and so much fun. That's their life, okay? And who knows what's around the corner for them or you. You need to continue with your integrity. Your integrity, living life on your terms. Well done. Everyone listening right now, every decision you've made or not made through wisdom or foolishness is playing to your awesomeness and things will be better than they ever could have been without those decisions. What are you going to do with the gift of the feelings you now have because of the decisions you made earlier in your life? That's the question. So I'm not done, oh boy, oh boy. So today, given what you've shared and knowing how awesome it can possibly be family and parenting, or being a guardian, or involved in the life of a child, and knowing how many children are out there that that desperately need and don't even know to want the the corresponding uh, relationship that you could bring. I mean, you want what they they have? You know what I'm saying? There's a match out there. There's a match. You want it. They want it. You can't even put it to words. It's like, how can this not happen? If you are in tune with your greater needs, and this is truly right for you, which I cannot know, there are kids, oh my gosh, that they would just flourish with your love and the appreciation that you've been able to cultivate through earlier life decisions. Marriage, no marriage, natural birth, you know, maybe not, maybe yes. Uh, in vitro, or surrogacy, or adoption, or fostering, or be super anti, or, or be an anonymous um, force for good uh, in realms where there's families. Volunteer, work, go to a shelter, see who needs what, be that fairy godmother. I mean, there are an infinite number of ways that you could be immersed in a child's life or many, many, many children's lives, whether or not as a mom, maybe that's not it. And in the end, what matters is our human connection and what matters uh, is being of service. And when you're called as you're being called to to not only find joy in your life, which you so deserve and have earned, but to bring joy and clarity in the lives of others, maybe a kid, this has to be done. There are so, so, so many ways. So get rid of the societal layers of should be married, should have a partner, should do this. I mean, there are so, so, so many different ways to make this connection that you're longing to make, to have a family, an extended family, a literal family, a metaphorical family. Be creative. Anyway, as many ways as there are for you to have uh, an important role in the life of a child to the degree that it would be uh, effectively a, a family of your own. There are so many ways, so many ways. Even if the child lives in somebody else's house, there are so countless ways. There are even more ways that you can be happy now. That's what it's about. Your question is driven as you seek to find your own p- space, your own place. Um, how do I maintain hope for a relationship? How do I maintain hope for a family? I hear you when you say that we are love, but I am alone. How do I not be alone? Choose to be happy today for the amazing woman that you are with integrity and purpose and vision and care um, you're awesome and you deserve to be happy and you have the ability to be happy and do not make it contingent on a person, a partnership, a child, a family. Do not make your happiness contingent on any of those things and then all of those things will come rushing into your life. And if it was one of the better things I ever did in my life, desperate and dateless for decades and decades and decades, was I focused on other things. I focused on my career, I focused on travel, I focused on friends, I focused on all that I could so that when the time was ready, and and I knocked on doors to have relationships. I went down those paths while I did other things. And when the time was ready, I was ready. And spontaneous combustion, the best of my life began. My life really began uh, when I got married and had a daughter, and uh, uh, and all of the joy I now have awaits you. Okay, I better let it go at this. Okay, but the best is yet to come. You are poised for greatness. How you're going to unwrap that gift is the only question I have for you. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Thursday and welcome to another spiritual tune up. I'm Mike Dooley answering your questions every Monday through Friday, uh, trying to bring metaphysical concepts that can be very slippery at times down to earth. So you have some traction. Today's question is one that we can all relate to. I'm quite sure how to read other people's silence. Mike, when you plan something and invite folks to come and they don't show up, do you call them? How do you not blame yourself? How do I take the hurt away from myself and move it to them where I believe the communication error (laughs) belongs? This includes family as well. Thanks in advance for advance if you pick my question. Okay. Well, you're welcome. And I love that question. Geez, you know, funny, two funny little stories. Um, you know, I have a daughter, she has parties, a birthday party every year. We learned long ago, however many people we want to attend, invite at least twice as many because folks have stuff to do and don't interpret their absence. It's just, they're busy. They got stuff to do. So here at our house, if we have a party, we have to double uh, our invite list to get half in attendance. <clears throat> the other story, as an earlier terrified speaker, uh, I mean, now I have given countless talks on countless stages between before hundreds of thousands of people, audiences uh, averaging 100, uh, sometimes 3,000, sometimes smaller. It was so difficult in the beginning to get in front of a stage. And one of the things I learned early on is that as a speaker, you're the only person in the entire room who sees everyone else's face and the expression they're wearing. Nobody else does. And people in a crowd feel invisible they don't realize what they're communicating to you in their face i know who's falling asleep i know who's tickled pink i know who's angry you see everything particularly in a room of 100 people or less and there's always at least 100 people within eyesight no matter how large the audience is but i got to tell you There were a dozen times in that first couple of years where somebody near the front was just scowling at me. I was sure they were the most unhappy person in the world and I felt like I was the cause of it. But in these dozen instances, when I was done speaking and those who wanted to came to the stage to say, thank you, or I'm glad I heard that, or whatever. Those grouchy souls were among the first in line and they would become animated and they would tell me how much they enjoyed the talk and they told me everything they got out of it. And it was just like, are you kidding me? I misread them that much again and again and again the point I'm making is you cannot know what's going through someone else's mind. You don't know what fires they're putting out. You don't know what disasters they're dealing with. You don't know what lies of their own that they're covering up in the eyes of other people, and they just can't make your event. And it's not just one or two people out there that are scrambling to put out fires. Everyone has issues. Everyone's looking for that a little place in the shade where they can kind of catch their breath and they might not feel worthy. They might feel like, well, if I go to your house, I'm not going to have your ear. You're not going to listen to me. And it wasn't a matter of feeling better than you. It was, they felt less than you, but don't even go there. You cannot know what other people are thinking. Moreover, you cannot know what they're going through. Everyone's going through something. And that doesn't necessarily make it feel better. And yeah, there's going to be people out there that do think that they can find something way better to do than hang out with you. But could you feel more pity for them? They're so wrapped up in their game. They don't know the depths of your soul. And nor should you expect them to know the depths of your soul. Know who your friends are through your your ongoing interactions at work, at play. You know who gets you and they know that you get them and when it's appropriate and when the time works out for all of your schedules, not that they don't have issues too, you're going to get together and have a good time. So read uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's book. He's a a buddy of mine, uh, The Four Agreements. It's awesome when it comes to understanding um, the options we have and understanding the silence of other people. And don't judge others don't judge yourself don't take it as uh, a slight they're doing the best they can to stay afloat uh, just as perhaps you are you don't need to call them up you don't need to ask them why they didn't show up just let it be next time invite twice as many people or come up with three times as many people or your own solution will do just as well John Bo, fellow adventurers, happy Fry yay Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question, why and how do we choose time and space? Why is it, Mike, that some people have opulent, multi-million dollar homes, often several, and others have tar, tar paper shacks or are homeless? Well, there's a lot more to this Uh, equation that meets and meets the eye. Nobody just has million dollar homes and nobody is just homeless. We are non stop streaming manifestors. These are the lives we create without exception. If you want to talk about children, uh, there's relevance. And it's a really good question. It's true. Uh, They are not streaming the poverty that they are born into. But we are ancient gladiators of love and joy who choose the stage That we will live our lives upon for the likely lessons that exist and so there's a lot of reasons why somebody might choose a stage that begins with poverty there might be a lot of love there more love there than in a home in beverly hills perhaps there might be camaraderie and joy there might be infinite possibilities for them to stand up on their own two feet dig within themselves and find their power which is not an incentive people born with a silver spoon in their mouth typically have. Um, It's not just about the money or the dineros and every child born eventually, depending on the probabilities that they chose to be Uh, immersed in will eventually be streaming their own manifestations as as a teenager, as an adult, and they can change their circumstances and maybe be more powerful in changing them for the rough start that they got. To back up though and look at this from a bigger perspective, there are a lot of realities out there and undoubtedly deductive reasoning, there are realities that are not in time and space that we can't even comprehend. But yet in an infinite world, infinite universe, multi-universes, there would obviously be these realms where creativity, cooperation, and perhaps values we're unaware of could be learned. Okay, After you spend a billion years there, you can come here and have eternity. Time is an illusion. But in time and space, why would somebody choose a lifetime in time and space? Here, Instead of having spontaneous manifestations, thoughts become things, instead of being everywhere always at once, which is the nature of divine intelligence, we choose to be fleetingly immersed in lies, the lies of have versus have not, here versus there, now versus later. That's illusions. Time, space, and matter uh, are, are not depicting reality. They're depicting manifestations in the moment. And the moment on a timeline uh, evolves in a linear sequence when you're living on that timeline, but in a bigger sense, it's not that way. Well, because we choose to live amongst these incredibly bodacious, really cool lies of time, space, and matter, suddenly we're here, but we want to go there. Our desires or our fears set us out into space Um, as we walk along the illusion of uh, uh, the material earth and lions and tigers and bears and friends and falling in love and being terrified and the game is on. So now that I've kind of displayed or shared a little bit of this, you know that we are manifestors and in time and space they manifest slowly rather than spontaneously, creating all kinds of drama, which doesn't exist for God in other realms. Now you have a sense of what this school offers versus other. Considering you're eternal, you come back again and again and again as many times as you want. In fact, in the deeper sense, all lifetimes, 9,000, 20,000, 30,000 of your lifetimes are happening simultaneously. You're only experiencing them um, in a very refined, highly tuned way as if it was one moment before the next. So in each of these experiences, we have different ambitions within the school of drama. Learning patience, as I said, cooperation, service, uh, oneness, uh, inclusion, um, our power, Uh, the power of love, the power of our thoughts. And so we come back again and again and again. And it is not the lifetime necessarily uh, in Beverly Hills that would yield all of those lessons. After you've had 7,416 lives in Beverly Hills, it's gonna get old. It's like, look, I don't need any more silver spoons. I don't need to be pampered. I don't have to be born with a cell phone and a BMW. I'd like to see how other people live. And, And often a question I would receive Uh, in my tours, you're like, Mike, you know, what about the people in poor countries, in poor continents? You know, like, like, like they have it so bad, whereas we have it so good here. I would not be surprised at all if the people in poor continents in poor countries during a drought, even if they knew of our lives would pity us. We are so immersed in chasing the almighty dollar, uh, worried about what our friends think. Whereas there in a perhaps simpler life, no less meaningful, uh, they have a different view of family. They have a different view of working together. They have a different view uh, of community and love and friendships. And they would look at us in our ivory towers with jobs to go to, uh, families dispersed uh, in the late teenage years, going hither and yon for all of the opportunities, and they'd be like, what a sad, pathetic existence the people in the West live. How could that possibly be fair? They don't have the animals we have. They don't live off the dirt, the earth like we do. They don't you know, have the nature that we have. It's all relative. So we choose each incarnation based on the kind of lessons we're going to learn. And I heard yesterday so well, I hope many of you made it to the session we did with Sarah Landon, Um, the dream, the journey, eternity in God, Sarah channeled the council. It was amazing. And the council was talking about purpose and meaning and why people come here. and. it was confirmed, uh, as you could expect that, you know, life is this ultimate adventure and they took it another step, which was really cool that, that compared to others in the cosmos in other realms and other parts of this physical universe, a lifetime here is like a vacation. It's a vacation. You plan it. You get excited about it. Who's going to go? Where are you going? Where are you going? When are you going to go? Are you going to go to Stone Age? Are you going to go to Africa or Australia? Are you going to go to uh, Norway or Finland? Are you going to go in the future when everyone's doing telepathy and spontaneous manifestation, nearly spontaneous manifestation? It's all about who's going where and when and where have you been and what do you want to try new? And It's like all... It's like a candy shop. And I know you can point to pain and suffering. Who's had a vacation that every single moment of that vacation was delirium and bliss? I can remember some of my best vacations started out with some real severe bumps in the road, you know, a car accident, A can of oil being spilt on my garment bag when I was 25 in the Middle East I'm like, oh, I thought my life was over. Uh, And silly things that at the time seemed awful. And yes, okay, really, truly ugly things can happen in a lifetime, but far more beautiful things happen. And there's always more reasons to be happy than not. And any low point in the ebb of a lifetime does not define that entire lifetime. We have the ability to change our circumstances, to wake up in the dream of life, to live deliberately, to create consciously. We're pushed on to greatness every single day with a little practice uh, That's also came up last night. A little bit of practice. Practice your metaphysics. Practice your manifesting. Practice your telepathy. Act as if it's already happening. Act as if you're already wealthy. These are how you break and bend the rules in this playground, this vacation world of time and space. You just ease into and lean into your power and pretend it's there even though you can't see it and suddenly you find it. This is what's at hand. This is who we are. This is why we chose to come here because it's cool, because it's awesome, because we could. Why not? Where else are we going to go? We can come here together and we'll read Hay House books. Let's get it on. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!